Welcome to Mindset Makeover Mondays, a podcast that adds value to you and to the people around you. This is Wara Thompson, and I'm your host. Last episode, we considered the topic, the struggle. Paul saying, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do we saw that there was another law at work in our members aside the law of god which leaves us in a dilemma that is the willing spirit and the weak flesh but after stating the dilemma that paul found himself in he remembers one man who can deliver him and he says i thank god through jesus christ our lord so we thank god for jesus who has delivered us from the power of sin hallelujah and so we acknowledge that our flesh is is weak in itself but nevertheless we lean on god's strength that has been made available to us that is how we are able to fight that is how we are able to stand and so today we'll be considering what it feels like to go through that struggle And so we'll be looking at the topic, Jesus can relate. Jesus can relate. And when someone says to you, I can relate, what does he or she mean by that statement? It simply means that the person understands what you're going through. Or to say, I've been through a similar situation or I've had a similar experience and I know exactly what you're talking about. I know how you feel. For example, if I'm trying to comfort someone who has lost a loved one, I can say to that person that I can relate or I understand what you're feeling because I have been there as well. But if I've never been there before, I definitely cannot relate. And I cannot say that I understand what the person is going through. So this expression comes into play when we are sympathizing with someone And that is exactly what Jesus is doing today, sympathizing with us. Jesus can relate. And so Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The New Living Translation goes ahead to say that this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Because he was faced with all of the temptations we are also faced with, yet he did not sin. I would say that if we were looking for someone to look up to when we are faced with temptations, then that person would be Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate record holder and no one has beaten him to it and no one will ever, ever beat him to that. So Jesus is our standard. He's our model. And this is one of those points that makes Christianity stand out and strengthens my belief all the more in Jesus. The fact that instead of a distant God with whom we cannot have a genuine relationship with, we actually have one whom we can connect with, one in whom we can have a proper and genuine relationship with, and one who can as well empathize and sympathize with us because he can also feel what we feel because he understands what we are going through so while we experience temptations and sometimes sin 
We see that Jesus was tempted by all manners of temptations, yet he did not sin. And that is why he is that one person that we can look up to. Well, if Jesus did it, then by his help, we can do it as well. I know that this must be going through someone's mind right now. Like, so who brings this temptation our way in the first place? Doesn't God have the ultimate power to prevent us from being tempted so that we can live blameless and not have to go through all of this hassle? Why then must we even go through these temptations in the first place? What's the essence? What's the point? First of all, I would like to say that God does not tempt any man. No, he doesn't. So if you're probably thinking that it's God who brings temptations our way, then you're wrong. What does it even mean to be tempted? To be tempted means to be enticed to sin. And this definitely doesn't look like something God is trying to achieve, that he will, that we would be enticed to sin. But it looks like something that the devil will do because that's what he has been doing. And we can see it all through the pages of scripture. He has a track record of that. He was there even in the very beginning, the first pages of scripture. We see that he tempted the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, and of which they fell. The devil tempts us obviously because his plan from inception is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He knows that he's going down, but he doesn't want to go down alone. And so he's trying his best to take us down with him as well. And he will not give up. He's actually very persistent, such that even if we don't end up going down with him, he'll try to ensure that we don't live our best lives and we don't become all that God has made us to be. James 1 tells us that when we are tempted, we shouldn't say that it is God who tempts us. God cannot be tempted by evil and he doesn't tempt anyone. However, God tests his people. If you remember Abraham, when God told him to go and sacrifice his only son, that was a test and not a temptation. A test is a trial of our faith. And the essence as seen in James 1, 2 to 4 is to develop perseverance. And we see in Romans 5 that perseverance further produces character and character hope. So we see that temptations and trials are two different things. God doesn't seek to entice you to sin, rather he tries our faith. Temptation comes when we are lured by our own desires. So maybe the devil is aware that I am struggling with lust. I will most likely be tempted in the sexual line. He would probably ensure that maybe naked pictures pop up before me or try to entice me with pornographic content or even go ahead to entice me with fornication. I will be tempted in that line because that is what I might most likely be drawn to. And so if the devil sees that I have a thing for money, he will tempt me in that direction. That's kind of how it works. He saw that Jesus had power and that was why he tempted him to use that power in the wrong direction. He saw that Jesus was hungry and that was why he tempted him with food as well. And it goes on and on. I would also like to point out that as long as we live in this world, we will be tempted. Jesus was no exception to that. And the fact that we are tempted doesn't make us bad 
or unclean or unholy people. If that was the case, then Jesus would have been the most unholy person that walked the earth since he was tempted in every way. The issue lies in our response to that temptation. Do we fall right into it or do we remain standing? And this lies strongly on our decision or to put it in another way, our will. So yes, God has the ultimate power to prevent us from being tempted so that we can live blameless and not have to go through all of this hassle. But why doesn't he use that power on us? It just happens that when God created us, he gave us a will, the free will, the ability for us to make our own decision. If God decides to use his power over us, then he would be taking over our wills, would probably just be like puppets and end up doing everything that God wants us to do because then he would be controlling us. But no, God created and decided that man should have a free will. Man should be able to choose him, not he enforcing himself on any man. So in a world where free will exists, God will not bully you into doing what he wants you to do. Rather, he will let you to choose for yourself. So God has the power to control you, but he chooses not to. And that is why from the very beginning, we see free will playing out in the Garden of Eden that God created man and gave man instructions, but it was left for Adam and Eve to choose whether to obey God or not. They had the ability to choose and they did. Lastly, what's the point of all of this? To what end? If God isn't the one who tempts us, why then does he allow it? Like I said, we will be tempted as long as we are in this world. Because the devil is in it as well, and as long as he's here, he will keep coming at us. Also, God will not take our free will away from us. God is most delighted when, even though we are faced with temptations, we still remain standing just like Jesus did. And the more we stand, the more we render the devil's effect over us powerless. We keep getting stronger and stronger. But if we keep giving in, we keep empowering the devil. I must say that even when we fall, we shouldn't despair. We must not give up on fighting. We get back to God, we seek his mercy, and we ask for grace to yet stand. And that is why David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. We see that David was tempted to commit adultery with Bathsheba, of which he eventually did. But he didn't let that to deter him. He came back to God when he realized his wrongs and sought for mercy and grace. For even if the righteous fall seven times, he will surely rise again. The hope is that we are able to rely on God when we are faced with temptations, looking up to Jesus, our high priest, our helper, our model. And so I pray that the Lord will help us this week to remember that Jesus understands our struggles. Jesus can relate. And that even when we are tempted, his grace will be made available to us to keep us from falling. And that even when we fall, we will not remain there, but rather rise up on our feet and keep moving. I trust God to help us this week. Amen and amen.
thank you for listening to today's episode of Mindset Makeover Mondays. Do subscribe to this podcast and share with your family and friends. You can follow me on Instagram at Wara Thompson to leave your questions and reviews and for more updates. See you next week Monday. Thank you.